Back again with another show for you, and this time we're talking some Matt Harvey. So be sure to tune in for this edition of the Indie Ball Report podcast. All right, back again, episode number 49 of the Indie Ball Report podcast. The big four nine. And today we got a whole slew of stuff ranging from front office moves to another rapid fire to Matt Harvey Ooh. to everything in between. Ooh, the Dark Knight rising again. Possibly. Ooh. Possibly. Matt Harvey supposedly may be going to independent league baseball, which I want to put supposedly here and I want to make it very clear that there's only one report of it. But Mike Ashmore, who I mean, it's very reliable. So, and one of the few guys actually covers independent league baseball with a lot of connections and whatnot. He tweeted out, I believe it was Monday or earlier in the week, that Matt Harvey was contacted by a few independent league teams. He didn't give specifics, but he did say, you can kind of guess it's the big name teams, uh, St. Paul Saints, Long Island Ducks, Somerset Patriots. He threw out the idea that I was also thinking of that maybe uh, High Point makes sense because of Viola. But outside of that, it's kind of wide open here. It would be a bit surprising, and a lot of us would be kind of surprised if it happens. He pitched well in his short time in Las Vegas with Oakland. He had a 3.18 ERA in 17 innings, so again, short time frame there. But only five walks and 21 strikeouts in that time, too. So he looked okay up and down year in general, though, at least with the Angels. So maybe he joins independent leagues and kind of revitalizes a career there if it's in need of it. Absolutely, Matt. I think it depends on what kind of offers he gets. I'm sure he'll get some spring training invites. And and if he does, then I would believe that he will go there first, obviously. But if he does wind up doing the indie ball route, it would be very interesting to see if he remains as a starter and goes to the bullpen. If I were Matt Harvey, I would go to the bullpen. I think that's where his career is at this point. He could be a really good kind of middle innings guy, maybe an opener type. He's got really good versatility if he's able to transition to the bullpen. And I think this would be a really good time to go to the indie leagues, maybe, like you said, even a St. Paul Saints. But really, I think High Point makes a lot of sense. Even Somerset, Long Island, those kind of teams, the prestigious teams, really make a lot of sense. So it all depends on what Matt Harvey's mindset is. Maybe he doesn't want to go all the way down to the independent leagues. Maybe his ego as the Dark Knight, someone who was once, you know, king of New York City in a lot of ways, maybe he does not want to go back down to the indie leagues and really, you know, kind of get into the muck of, uh, you know, baseball. Now, while, of course, you and I would say, yeah. I think this would be a great experience for him and really something that would connect him and reconnect him in a lot of ways with the heart of baseball, which is what we talk about all the time on the show. But if he doesn't really have any interest in doing that and he's really more just looking for that next opportunity i don't know if that is exactly what he's going to do going into the indie leagues but i think it would be overall beneficial for him if he does yeah i think it would be symbiotic to see him come over there i want to touch on what you were saying with him going to the bullpen i think this could be kind of a latos kind of arc for him i think that would be probably what's best for him at this point he still does have something on his fastball something um on a lot of his pitches when he's able to get some movement. The speed's gone for a large part of that, which is going right. to hinder him too. Plus, with all the surgeries and whatnot, the thoracic outlet, the Tommy John, all of that on his arm already, you know, it's you're not going to be able to get the same zip. It's just not going to be a thing. And I think going to the bullpen could definitely reinvent that. I think he has enough movement to be a closer on independent level and then, like you say, a one or two inning type guy in a bullpen type role. I would say as much as I think High Point makes sense and could work, 
uh, if I'm Harvey, I'd be looking more that American Association bit. I understand the travel's not great, but I mean, I don't see him wanting to come back into the New York area. Already, he signs with an independent league team. That's going to be a headline for at least one day. Or oh, at least be it's going to be in an actual paper. It oh, won't yeah. be a headline, but it will be in the paper there. And sure. then I'm sure there will be press and whatnot coming around. If he has to pitch in Long Island in Somerset, you're going to get that whole New York press circuit. So if I'm him, I think St. Paul makes a lot of sense. It's a really well-ran organization, top to bottom. It could definitely pass as a, a higher tier Oh, I agree. Organization as it is, and I think that would work out well for him. I wouldn't even, I don't know how much he wants to go to Canada, but Winnipeg also is in a similar boat. Agreed. Uh, there's a handful of other teams like that. I would think for him, though, just to kind of avoid the spotlight, which is where I think it would probably be best for him at this you, point. You think so? You don't think be that being in that New York market would be beneficial? I don't think beneficial? so. No. I don't think so. I think you're going to get a lot of unwanted attention with that. And maybe some backlash, you know? I don't necessarily think backlash. I think you're going to get, though, a lot of unnecessary attention. Right. You're going to get a lot of that New York Post type of article. Oh, uh, sure. That like, uh, punchy kind of jerk. Yeah, kind of that article. kind of look at how far he's fallen. Yeah. See, look how, you know, they're going to mock him for being like, you know, he's this big braggatocious guy. For a while, he was the centerpiece to Generation K with the Mets. He was sure. going to be the guy that was like, okay, he's going to he's going to go out. He's going to win 20 games a year. He's going to have an ERA of under three, and he's going to do it with style. And then he kind of fell off, and now Jacob Zagram's kind of that guy, right? Which a lot less of an attitude. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you ain't kidding. Yeah, and if anything, you want to go with the one Met pitcher that has any sort of an attitude at all. I mean, you could kind of argue Thor, but even then, that's a bit of a stretch. There, he's just a confident guy, right? Uh, so when the guy you were supposed to be the highlight of it is no longer even there to go back into that market, I just don't. I don't see that being a positive decision for him and i think you get just as many eyes if you're in st paul if you're in winnipeg if you're in one of those other markets there and i think you're going to get a lot friendlier her response if you're in sioux city uh what is it sioux city south dakota yeah yeah Mm -hmm. if you're in sioux city south dakota i don't think you're going to get a hit piece on you i think they're going to be going look at we got a former rookie of the year candidate right here in our right. town or in st paul i think st paul would really embrace him it's great baseball town too exactly. i think st paul really is the one that if i'm matt harvey i say you know i can get away from all the craziness i can really reinvent myself um like i said reconnect with the soul of independent league baseball and really the soul of the game play for you know fun really for yeah. the first time in a while and uh, while also honing your craft so i think that there's a lot that could be done there but like you said it needs to be the perfect situation for it to work out in the way that we're kind of talking about. Exactly. I just, I don't like him going into one of those metro markets constantly. I think you're going to get that. Plus, my main concern too is, especially with like the first few starts when you have them in Long Island or in Somerset, you're going to get every reporter under the woodwork coming in there and just constantly bringing it up, bringing it up, bringing it up. And even when they stop coming, it's still going to be brought up. Plus, Matt Harvey and Wally Backman in the same locker room is a very interesting uh, show there. That would be quite the dynamic, wouldn't it? it I, that would be fun. At that point, just throw Matt Bush into the mix, too, which is a free agent. He is a free agent. He pitched last year, and frankly, he pitched not that bad. And I kind of want to see him in the Atlantic League. Look, I want to see Matt Bush in the Atlantic League. I really think this needs to happen. He's Matt Bush. He's Matt Expletive Bush. Bush. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I really want to see it. I just want to see it. Matt Bush is like... He's Matt Bush, but he's Matt. He's a, he's a he's a folk tale in his own mind. Uh, K 
keep in mind the guy that was taken after Matt Bush was Justin Verlander. So great pick by the pods. Mm, yeah. And Matt Bush was supposed to be a shortstop. And Matt Bush earned his first career win on the day that uh, Odor knocked out Batista. Imagine going to that game. That now that that ah. is something else. <laughs> Regardless of Matt Bush, I just even still though I don't see Harvey going to an independent league. I think no. the man's ego is too much because, like I said, with the Generation K, he was the hot talk in New York. He was the top dog in New York for a while, being that pitcher. Uh, and he was and great. I mean, for and when season, he was on, he was on. Oh yeah, he was I mean, the he highlight was the of the early night. 2010 yeah. Mets. Like he was the highlight of them until Degrom came along, and yeah. then I was like, oh, Degrom, ooh, Thor. And then you got all that, and then that's shiny new pieces. <laughs> yeah, and well, then also his arm died. I mean, that also yeah. helps, and he was turning into a bit of a head case, yeah. where it wasn't really worth it, and no one could control him. But besides, regardless of that, regardless of, I just don't see them. I don't think that man's ego is going to allow him to pitch in the independent leagues, going bus trip, the bus trip yeah. all around the country. Although he, and, you know, he probably had to have a little taste of that when he was in the minor leagues. Oh, yeah, certainly. But I mean, there's also a major difference when you have a... Triple A too. Yeah, when you're in Salt Lake City or you're in Las Vegas, Nevada, which I'm right. amazed he pitched well in Las Vegas, Nevada. Maybe it's a sign of maturity. Maybe but it is. Maybe yeah. it's just uh, his realizing, oh, shit, I'm actually in danger of like not having a shot. Right. I need to bat down, which, again, I know it's a small sample size, but a 3.18 in 17 innings. It's and not the, bad. Like, the ball flies out of Las Vegas just oh, because yeah. of sea level. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's not bad. He's not a bad pitcher, I don't believe. No, I no. think there's still value there. And, frankly, I will, again, be surprised if he doesn't at least get a spring training invite. I mean, hell, the Phillies have almost invited 70 people to their camp. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I think he will get. He should get a spring training invite. And if he makes the move to the bullpen, he might not need to go to independent league baseball because yeah. he might be, if he can pitch out of the bullpen, exactly. he could I be still, an important piece. Exactly. I still believe that, I mean, he was doing a little bit of the bullpen pitching in Las Vegas. I yeah. So. so, I mean, and if those numbers from the bullpen, I mean, it's not bad. No, if not you, at all. If you're a team, like, I don't see why a team like Detroit or oh, Baltimore or Miami, oh, yeah. these are especially, teams. To, especially Baltimore and Miami. Oh, gosh. Like, well, Detroit's supposed to be even worse. Uh, really? Yeah. Oh. Well, that's what happens when you have giant contracts handed out that you didn't really think were ever going to come back and you tried to win and you failed miserably. So, yeah. sorry, any, Tigers fans. <laughs> any case, though, I think it would be beneficial to him to. To at least consider the indie league opportunity, but I think at, so. at the same time, though, I just don't expect that to happen. Yeah, and obviously, if the spring training invite is there, that's a moot point because he's not gonna say, "Oh, let me go to the indie leagues instead exactly. of the spring and training he, invite." Even still, he has the money where it can hold out for a while. Sure, I mean, I mean absolutely. Ha- plus, I'm not sure exactly how he invested his money or what he did with it. If he invests it smart, then he doesn't even need to be worrying about pitching oh, ever again. Yeah, exactly. Like he'll be fine. So. Oh. In any case, I think we talked Matt Harvey to death now, and we will move on to some other Atlantic League happenings, which is the York Revolution. They are the lone team to not announce a signing yet, but that will come to a conclusion Monday night at 6 o'clock on 98.9 FM or 1350 FM for everyone that's not in the general York region. They will host their York Heart Stove, I believe it's about an hour long, and they will announce alongside their manager... The first three guys that will be signed to the York Revolution, one of them is supposedly one of the franchise's most potent bats. Ooh. Now, I don't know who that will be, um, but 
you know, it's it's interesting to see. It I thought maybe we could speculate a little bit to see who will be coming back. Yeah, it's an interesting tidbit there. I mean, I think this is a good way to do it, right? It's a great way to drum up interest and support. Once again, New York's team that they have over there between the renovations of the field, and they just have a really good team in place that understands kind of what you have to do to get interest flowing there. I really like the idea of a almost a LeBron James-esque, you know, <laughs> the decision-esque kind of, this is going to be yeah, our team. A, I like it. It's yeah, a rollout. Yeah, they're trying to incentivize people to go and uh, tune in to the to the radio show of course but at the same time though it's nice to see it to see it announced there but as far as bats go i assume it has to be someone from last year's team that'll be just be a resign probably yeah i would imagine it's gotta be like the hot is only there for a year or two yeah. so i don't imagine it's it's him but still it's gonna be interesting to see how york has to do up their lineup i mean you lose telvin nash off the bat that's going to be a giant hole in your lineup there no doubt and there's other pieces there that are going to have to be filled in and replaced. I mean, Dan Miner's left now. Now, Grant, he wasn't that top of the line pitch, but he wasn't bad at all. No, not at all. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see who they pull out. I think it'll be very interesting to see. I think, uh, like you said, I think it could definitely be Tejada. It could be Dotel. It could be Dotel. Yeah. Um, but it really is interesting. Or it could be someone else that wasn't. Could be somebody else. Uh, could be somebody who from, you know, a couple of years ago, maybe yeah. that they pulled back. Who knows? We'll see. I think it's interesting to kind of speculate about these things. But overall, I think whoever they pick, it should be someone who the fans are familiar with. Hmm. Um, and certainly I think it's going to be. And I think as long as it's that, then this kind of rollout thing could work very well for them. Exactly that. And also, I'm curious to see how they're going to make up this team again. Because last year, it's very clear. It's an offense-focused team. Oh, yeah. And their bullpen wasn't great to start the year, but then once they hit about the middle of June, then it turned way around for them. And unfortunately for them, uh, they just kind of ran into Sugarland. Sugarland had a good week or two, and that was all she wrote for York last year. But I'm interested to see if they're going to address the pitching with a more focus there. They're going to revamp that department. I assume if you bring back Tejada, I assume if you bring back Dotel, you bring back a couple of those other big hitters, then your offense is fine. You know, you don't got to worry about it all too much. Now, granted, like I said, Nash's production is going to be hard to replace. You're yeah. going to need two or three guys to make that up. Yeah, you, you're going to need a bunch of guys to make. You might Your whole outfield might need to make up Nash's production. Exactly. But that's it's doable. That's oh, it is. Yeah. It is. And at the same time, I think you got to put more of a focus on your pitching aspect, whether you put that emphasis on starters or you put it on the bullpen one aspect of this needs to get the boost. It's just what it needs to happen here. Because again, if you don't have Nash there as much and you're relying on more guys to produce and then you're banking on Tahada having another great year and Dotel producing again like last year, it's a bit of a house of cards set up there. But if you can stabilize the bullpen at least, you take some pressure off of that offense that's now been, and there's no real denying this, it will be downgraded a little bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, it'll be downgraded a little bit. You need a bullpen or at least one or two dominant starters. And I mean yeah. dominant. I mean, it can't just be two middle-of-the-road guys. I mean, because I had some decent middle-of-the-road guys last year. Obviously, a rotating door. Maybe Matt Harvey. Oh, maybe. You know, if you get Matt Harvey, then... There I don't go. see that happening. But <laughs> if he goes to the York Revolution, uh, I will buy myself a bag of peanuts. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I really do think that the that York really is in good position if they do get one or two big name starters, powerhouse guys, or like you're saying, really bolster that bullpen. Because even with the 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 loss of Nash, okay, you're gonna lose like whatever 41 home runs. That's nuts. But by the same token, there's no guarantee Nash would have had the same season of anyway. Course. So it, it's just one of those things where I think you need to take a look at it realistically. There's still a potent offense. 
they are missing a big piece in Nash, but I think they'll do a good job of replacing him. The question is, can they replace that offensive firepower with perhaps some uh, pitching success, which they just didn't have a whole lot of last year? Yep. I think that's the best way of putting it. Although, like I said, their bullpen did turn around rather well. It did. I would like to see them kind of maybe try and poach some players from other teams because I think there is certainly that potential there. Oh, yeah. For moving some guys around. Like, it'd be a long stretch to get because more than likely they'd wind up back in Somerset. But if you grabbed either, say, Teasley or you grabbed Kubiak, Kubiak would be a huge get. But Teasley even would be a really solid addition there yeah, as well. Yeah, either of those two guys would be crazy. Although, I think if they're coming back, they're coming back to Somerset. And I don't. I think those are two of the guys that saw the rule changes and whatnot. And we're like, yeah, we're good. We'll pass. Yeah. Which is another. It's just to, again sidetrack back to Harvey. I think that's another reason he ain't showing up. The rule changes. Yeah. I think that's gonna be a, a bit of a road. That's there. another reason that if he goes to indie ball, it's gonna be into the arms of an American Association, St. Paul Saints, or somebody like that. Where you know it's, you don't gotta worry about that. Because yeah, do we see Matt Harvey dealing with the PS? No, I, I, something tells me that even the most matured version of Matt Harvey wouldn't be too big of a fan of the mound being moved back. I think Matt Harvey that had thoracic outlet syndrome and uh, Tommy John surgery really would not like the mound being moved back. I I have to agree with you on that count. So, uh, yeah, with York, I think that's pretty much all there is said there. Yep. They're just announcing uh, players, and we're going to have to wait and see to see who they are announced. Uh, we'll have the drop on it when at 6 o'clock it's announced. Sounds so. good. All right, so now we'll move to the Frontier League with the Jackals. The Jackals have a new GM. They promoted Ooh. Gil Adio. He was their director or coordinator for group sales and events. He is in his third season with the team. He graduated from Montclair State University, the campus that home or it plays host to the Jackals ballpark, Yogi Bear Stadium. And he graduated from Montclair State in 2019. So he's good there. Uh, he, last season was his group coordinator. The year before, being his first season as an intern in sales. So he's moved up fairly quickly, I'd say. He uh, has, yeah. And his job will be to oversee the sales, the community relations, and he's also their liaison to the Frontier League. But that's all kind of expected as a general manager. Right. So I, I like this move for one reason in particular, because you have this connection now that has been there for a long time with Montclair State. Mm -hmm. And I think because he's a now an alumni, the ability he might have, especially as a recent alumni, mm -hmm. he might have to pull back on some of his uh, former classmates, uh, just the connections he might have with faculty and staff may allow him to actually aid in pulling students to those games um and or at least having some better coordination that being that recently graduate yes. he still has a good threshold and a good right. uh, kind of finger on the pulse type exactly. thing of it yeah, yeah because realistically there is no reason why the may games and really the september bit should not be popular they should be sold out because there even in be, august yeah there should be a, a ticket discount and all those games should be sold out exactly i assume there already is a ticket discount that seems too obvious to have been ignored for all this time yeah they're, they're, they need to have more support from montclair state because montclair state definitely benefits from having them there oh yeah absolutely i mean you have that team on there you can kind of say look at our facility it's professional grade now how much of that is uh tr technically the truth and actually the truth is uh you could debate that but, Especially nowadays. Exactly. When it first opened, no doubt. But nowadays, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, there but, are questions there. But in any event, it definitely I definitely see what you're saying. I definitely agree with that. There needs to be more of a push to get them there. And I don't really quite 
get why there isn't that push there, why there isn't as many people there. Agreed. I mean, already, I would assume he's going to be doing a lot more uh, pushing the fact that, look, we're a Frontier League team now. It's more of an established brand. Now, granted, I think that's only a draw for people like us that kind of yeah, get that. But that still, know that, yeah. Yeah, but you can kind of promote the been around since 1993 type thing, which now is holding more weight as time goes on, that whole general thing. Uh, he's going to be getting into the community a lot more as well, no doubt. Certainly got, knows the community very well, too. Yeah, absolutely. He absolutely is. And I mean, he's definitely going to have this opportunity now where he can get to do a lot more. Plus, I think kind of being younger is definitely a benefit here. It Some is. people say, oh, this is lack of experience, lack of a drawback here. But I think with him being more of a younger guy and handling this community outreach and the marketing and the sales aspect, I think having full reign on that now, or near full reign, you'll see a lot more of an online push for them. And I think that's the aspect you kind of got to go at. Agreed, yeah. You can hit the pavement so much, but there comes a certain point where people aren't paying attention to that. They're not paying attention to the flyers in the grocery stores. They're not, you know, listening to the guy handing out schedules and whatnot. They, they don't care about that. But if you keep spamming ads online on the social media platforms, doing engaging things with the fan base, I definitely think that's... a that's something you're going to see a lot more of here, and I think that's more of the way to go with it to get that kind of younger demographic in, and to get the more like college student type thing. I, I agree with that absolutely. Yeah, so he'll have his finger on the pulse of that and on the internet. And let's be real, if it if it if it works the same way that it worked for the minors with Justin Farella, yeah. it, it works out great. Now Justin's a different case, a lot more baseball experience. Yeah, that we you know that it's more tangible. But I will say that going with the younger guy like the miners did with Justin could work out really well for the Jackals because if you do get a get that candidate who is like Justin and a really smart guy really understands the community how to make smart decisions if he is the same candidate as like a Justin then you have a really good thing going there if you're the Jackals yep and unsurprisingly both of Dorso's teams seem to mirror each other where yeah. you have now young GMs you have solid managers when Bobby Jones and Brooke Carey yep and you have a very solid support staff around each one of them and it's just interesting to see there, which one thing I would like to see kind of as an initiative, more of the off the field kind of draw people in aspects like I was just heading on. I would almost like to see them expand the netting down more. So that way you got most of the actual seats covered. So mm -hmm. that way, you know, you don't have to worry about people getting plinked with foul balls. <laughs> yeah. And try to go with more of an engagement type thing. Because if you notice, and I'm sure everyone does, at sporting events now, there's just as many people watching the field as there are watching their phones. Absolutely. And if you're able to get some sort of an engagement thing going with that, I don't know, maybe some sort of online quiz thing or some game type thing play along because they have the screen out in center field that they could do a lot with the video board. Right. If you have something like that or say if you start displaying twitter messages or something on the screen something very simple that you could do yeah. mm -hmm. i think going with that kind of an engagement thing would work and i think you could put a lot of post like, a snapchat or something like that exactly the more of you engage with us engage with the team engage with the brand we'll reward you by showing it to everybody else or you could win something like with a game idea you could come up with some sort of a, a game thing whether it's like a trivia pursuit type sure, thing or yeah. whatever it doesn't really matter and you, you figure win, it out you know a, a beer voucher or a burger yeah. voucher or something like that even better yet you win like a hat or a shirt or something oh yeah, like yeah. you could put together realistically a sure. very cheap prize pack where you have whomever sponsors the game because you could find a sponsor for that very sure. easily very they'll all easy. sponsor the thing yeah right but, <laughs> we'll sponsor it exactly put together an indie ball grab bag yeah uh, let's do it yeah you put together that 
you have a jackal drawstring bag or something like oh, that. Yeah. I'm sure you could produce these things cheaper, like those, for five cents uh, and yeah. import them. One of those Leto shirts or something like Not that. Not even. You just go, <laughs> you get a shirt that says New Jersey Jackals on the front. Yep. Or like New Jersey Jackal trivia pursuit game winner or something presented by and then whoever the sponsor is you put the giant sponsor logo on the back of the shirt yep. people will wear it. it's a free shirt oh 100 you do all that i mean or even just the stuff you give to the group sales you toss yeah. some of that stuff in the back and they it's already do bag. the hats i mean exactly. they uh, they already threw a you know remember when i got the oh yeah yeah it's like do you already do that something like that is good for engagement plus you can post that on social media get goodwill you could use it in more of a commercial type vibe yep. I, I just think that works i think that works and i think that's the those type of ideas are going to come from a younger business oriented been in the understanding the indie ball realm kind of guy exactly like understanding this. who you are right and that's one of those important things you have to understand that look we're an independent league baseball team one of about four in this market so there's a lot of baseball already in this market plus we're contending with a lot of other stuff that that you can do oh both a ton can of say it. local montclair oh, nork yeah. that isn't too far there's a lot of stuff you could do down there there's obviously the city that's the right city, there yeah so you have to say look we're cheaper than all these other options that are about an hour away from you we're just as close and we could be just as good and just as fun and engaging. Yeah, I agree. And you need to hit that. And I think a uh, young guy is going to be able to do that. A hundred percent. I think this is the right hire and hopefully we're, we're proved right. And, uh, you know, we definitely love to have him on if he is willing to have a little chat with yep, us absolutely. about everything. We'd love to have him on. Yep, absolutely. So we'll work on that. And with that, I think we can move on to really the final big story of the day. And then we'll go to our rapid fire. And you know the deal from there. Uh, the miners are getting a new pitching coach. The Southern Illinois Miners, that is. I know we got the both we of got, them We've now. got two of them, and they they both start with an S, and then the Miners. I want that Miner v. Miner championship game That'd at be least really cool. once. That would be really cool. In the Mines. In the Mines. In the Mines. But outside of the Mines, and in reality, there <laughs> is Eric Minshaw. He is the new pitching coach for the Southern Illinois Miners. Tyler Martin, the prior pitching coach, had to resign due to a scheduling conflict with his college job. So he also does work with one of the colleges and just didn't line up. So he had to resign for that. Uh, Minshaw was with the Bristol Pirates last year, Appalachia League. Uh, he guided his team to fourth in the Appalachia League for team ERA with a 4.09 ERA, slightly by, I believe it's about 0.05 behind the third place team. So it's essentially a tie for third. Right. And before that, he was the pitching coach with Miami University of Ohio uh, for That's about That's a good five program. Years. That's yeah. a real good program. Yeah, I like this. Division hire. one. Yeah, it's a, Division one, and, and Miami of Ohio has a really, a really good baseball program. So I think this is a, this is a good hire. I mean, I like this for Southern Illinois. I think anytime you can get a guy who's kind of rising through the ranks, you can see this trajectory going upward. I like that. Again, for the same type of reasons we talked about with the hiring of the new Jackals GM, I just like the idea of new ideas coming into baseball, or if not new ideas, at least ideas coming from different uh, facets of baseball. So coming from college brings good experience. I, I just like that. I think also coming from a lower independent league, understanding what's going on. I really like that. Exactly. I think he's going to be a very good hire there. Jumping in there, he has experience both in a professional rank now and as a college level there. And he's not like that young of a guy. I mean, right. He's not. He's He's been around a little bit, but he's also not old by any stretch of the imagination either. So I really am interested to see how he's going to kind of adapt this team to this kind of new 
style. Yeah. Every coach brings a new style, as we were talking when we said Taylor Wright being a hitting coach in Somerset. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> which lasted for about a week. Yeah. But <laughs> and now he's in Detroit. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to be a lot more interested to see how what he's going to do different. If he's going to try and be more of a new age type of guy, go back to more of a fundamental type guy, how's it going to work? Because obviously when you're in the MILB system, you're kind of taking orders from the parent club. At any level, I suppose, I suppose the further away you are, the less influence you will have. But at the same time, you're still going to be following their thing. And now that it's going to be kind of hands-off, full full run of the mill. Or not full run of the mill, but full... Right. He's going to be know. in his own sphere there. He's going to have his own ability to really implement his philosophy on pitching onto this staff in Southern Illinois. And we'll see how it shakes out. But I think I certainly think it's exciting. Like you said, maybe not young. Young was the wrong term. I, I believe I used that earlier. Yeah. I meant more of like new ideas, fresh ideas, different perspective on baseball. That's what uh, I'm going for. And I think that's what he's going to bring. Exactly. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see what he does here. And... As you see now, the, you're going to have a brand new Frontier League to come in. You can have more teams you're playing against. Now, of course, they're on the opposite side. They're in the, the I believe it's technically Midwest Division, although it's, you know, they're, they're Division A as opposed to Division B. And it's going to be interesting to see how he adapts to that kind of thing. Agreed. I think it's going to be very interesting. And, you know, it's one of those things that as this, the season gets closer and we see the pitching staff take form, it'll be fun to kind of prognosticate as to what is going to happen there. I think that's going to be really interesting and something I'm going to look forward to. Yep, 100%. So with that, I think we can kind of go to the rapid fire bit that we normally like to do. Uh, there is about three topics here, four topics here. I think uh, about five minutes would be good on that front. Five minutes on the timer. Yep, we'll toss up the timer here, as we always do. We will go from stopwatch to timer. We will go and set it to five minutes. And on my mark, we will begin the timer here. Three, two, oh, one. Schomburg and Juliet also redid their website. Last week we mentioned Claiborne did it. Again, we are bringing it into the 21st century, which is something I'd like to see. I just want to point that out for the sake of fairness to say a lot of people are redoing it, and it's nice. It's more aesthetically pleasing. It's more aesthetically pleasing, as for all the reasons we talked about last week, With it's just smarter. It's a good business decision. A lot of times this is the first entry for fans into your club, so you want it to be an impressive website. You want it to be a good website, and most importantly, an easy-to-use website. It's so annoying when you go on these teams' websites and I can't find their store. I want to buy your hats. Darn it. That or it's just you're looking for something specifically and you just can't can't find it. It's clunky to use or it's just not very pleasing to look at. I mean, there's a lot of ugly design websites. There are a lot of nasty websites. That or they're just so unintuitive. They're just bulky and clunky to use. I mean, you can use it, but still. Yeah, or thrown up in five minutes with like a WordPress. Yeah, that's just no good. And I will say, though, one thing that is interesting between the Schomburg and Juliet redesigns, it seems like it's following kind of a template. They both have the same. You click here, you go to the Frontier League's main site. You have all the other teams at the top of the page. You go right to their sites. And they seem a lot more kind of, I don't want to say copy-paste, but they seem pretty template-based. And... I wonder if that's kind of saying, oh, look, we're going to be kind of redoing a lot of these team sites, which, frankly, I'd be very much in favor of. 
Windy City should be up next because they have something that looks like it's out in 1992. Yeah, I agree. They have not updated that thing since they put it up the first time. Probably not. Yeah, no, I, I think there's definitely... If it's, this is going to be a league-wide thing, I'm totally fine with the template. Like the Can-Am League, almost all their websites was the same, and that was fine. Yep, all the Canadian ones were the fu- were the same. Then Sussex was really modern-like. They right, looked Sussex like Spare really Space modern. basically did that. Yeah. Then the Jackals were... Mm. And Rocklands was just on its own. But right. It was regardless. doing its own thing. Yeah, regardless, next thing on the list, High Point is probably going to get minor league soccer. A, US, a, a USL1 team. Uh, it's either going to be 2021 or 2022, depending on when they're able to get the application in. But this was part of the appeal of building their stadium at BBNT Point. That you were going to be able to use the grounds for a lot of different things, including other sports. So I like it. It's a college town. Soccer's up and coming. It's a high-rising town. It seems like it fits the mold. Plus, it makes more use of the stadium, which is a draw. And I think it also helps further Atlantic League expansion that you see this happening in High Point. It will likely happen again in Gastonia and likely happen again wherever the next stadium comes in, possibly Alabama, like we said last week. Agreed. Absolutely. man. I think this is one of those things where when you have more that can be used for these stadiums, these stadiums can be useful in more than one facet, towns can be way more willing to put them in. I mean, no one's going to pay for the money if it's just going to be independent league baseball and you're going to draw like they did last year, right? So, I mean, this is going to help them with their numbers, I think, this year. I think it'll help them because it's going to be more things going on there. And also, it's going to keep town morale high. Like you said, college town, another thing to do, another thing to look forward to. Really, really smart move here uh, by High Point. And again, just a, it's a smart town. It's run very well and a good organization to let them come in and say, okay, let's do this. Let's allow them to do this and let's not be you know silly and try to fight it. Well, I think it was also part of the part, part, of, the, part of the agreement. You, you knew but, what you were getting, but right. I see your point. But they could have, yeah. right? I mean, I mean, they could have put could've a mistake like, and I would have been like, yeah, we don't really give a shit. It's happening anyway. Exactly. But, yeah. In any case, uh, I do also like it too. I think it's a, a solid addition all the way around. It just makes a lot of sense to do it. And, you know. Yep. Uh, moving forward now to the final topic, we got the Sugarland Skiers are going to be hosting boxing matches. Eight bouts in total. It'll be at their home field, Constellation Field. Uh, I believe it was March 7th was the date. You can get in on the, uh, the buying of tickets and the $15 general admission ticket plus a whole host of other ones. Uh, and there's, I haven't heard really any of them. The main events of featherweight contest, so it's not like terribly high tier here. But the one undercard fight does have... Evan Holyfield, who is a Vander Holyfield son. So ah, so they are getting a little name, name recognition. I like this. I mean, again, it's the same thing we just talked about with High Point. It makes sense, too, for, especially for Texas. Right, especially for Texas. Use the stadium, use the space, get people. And you know what's the great thing is? You go there for a boxing match, right? Maybe you're, you've never been to, to a yeah, game. You see the stadium, you which kind of goes to the soccer with the other ones. Exactly. And maybe you don't come for the game, but you come for the ballpark. You come for the ballpark. Oh, let me, let me check out what it's all about. And I really think that would be a very good thing oh yeah no i really like it i think plus boxing is a very unique thing it is too from this and i think a ballpark for it fits it perfectly with the way the ring is shaped up and everything yep yep and so with that we reached the end of our yep we reached the end of the rapid fire and that is where we sit there we are kind of out of topics at this point but what i want to do now on air is kind of have a pseudo production meeting because I think we've went too long without having some sort of big grand event or something. Because every <laughs> month we, I in the Aussies, we should try to be doing at least one thing. Agree. In December we had our Q and A. Then last month we had uh, 
our interview with Will. Yes. That brings us to this month. So this month, I'm thinking we got to do one of the many off-season topics that uh, I had drawn up. And I list most of these things. If you go back to our Q&A episode, if you go to the end of it, we actually answer a lot of uh, a lot of these things where it's like, what else do you got planned for the offseason? Right. So I'm going to flip through, as you can probably hear on the recording, <laughs> uh, through all my notes here to try and find where exactly I put the ideas here. So I'm going to allow you to fill time whilst I try to find these Q&As. Absolutely. So here's what, what I think would be very interesting for the rest of the offseason. I think we need to kind of hone in on what you all as listeners want to hear from us, particularly regarding what the independent league baseball is really there for. What are we using it for? What what types of fans are there that are going to independent league baseball games? And also, what things can we do? Can we do videos? Do you want articles? What kind of things do you want here? And I think that is what we're going to kind of go over right now. Yep. So typically what our what the goal is for y'all, which I'll plug now the Florence Y'all video that just went up today. Ah, very nice. Today as we record, but it'll be yesterday when you listen. Uh, you can find that on YouTube. I you've seen it on the social media, but we'll tend to plex in a bit. Uh any case, the goal typically is try and get a video either once a month or once every two months or so. It just takes a bit of time to make them and just get it all together. So they take a little bit more time than an article that I can kind of write at my leisure. I don't have to set any equipment up. It's just grab the laptop and start typing. Um, the plan is now to do the Atlantic League article as to the player exodus. Uh, currently, that may be co-authored. So we're kind of talking about that. That may be something. But by the end of the month, that will be up. That's going to get working soon. Uh, there's a whole host of other options here. We could do our create a league idea, which I think may be a little bit much on the short notice. That may be something for March. I think that could be something of interest there. Yep. Uh, we could do an improve indie ball episode. That could be something. Uh, possible expansion. Yeah, we already just kind of talked about expansion. That's not really heating up. We'll wait until we get into the heat of that. Yep. Uh, update episode's kind of boring. That's like the clip show version of a podcast. Yeah, that wouldn't be that great. Yeah, that's that's attack on to one of the other ideas. The two that are standing out to me here that I'm, uh, that I'm kind of seeing is either creating one super indie league type thing where you draw in teams that we already currently have and then some markets you'd like to see added. You know, we make it very realistic, very plausible for course, it right. happening. Yep. Seeing with the Frontier League type move, something like that. Right. Um, another thing that I'm seeing possibly here, how you would build the uh, new Western Association League that doesn't seem like it's going to be off the ground in time at this point. Yeah, that's that one, that one I like. I think that, the, creating the Western Association would no. be a fun one. Uh, then the other one I have up here is either just a typical creative team type thing where maybe we want to wait a little bit more until we see more from Gastonia and we can build that. Yeah. And we follow the Atlantic League player procurement rules and all that. That'd that be kind of fun. That we could wait on that or wait until we see more on what's happening with Ottawa. Uh, but the other thing I see on here that could be of interest is redoing the disposal drafts for both New Britain and Ottawa. That I like as well. And I, I think this is an interesting one. We might... Maybe we put up a poll about this. We okay. narrow it down to two or three of them. All right. uh, maybe the disposal draft one. We'll do uh, a bracket type thing. No, you maybe of, like a bracket. Because yeah, for March, I was thinking a uh, a March Madness type thing of indie ball. Type I thing. agree. Yeah, the yeah. the best indie ball teams, perhaps. Exactly. Let's see who would who's the best team here. I think that'd be of interest there. Yeah, I agree. We'll talk more about that off air. Yes, and hammer that on. Then I'll tease that in March. Yes, but regardless, I think uh, disposal draft WAPB. Or Super League is 
is the three to pick from here. Agreed. And then we can have kind of the fans and all of you decide which one do you want. And I think we can really get some good feedback from that. That'll be a good thing for us. Like you said, to stray away from this usual pattern we're in, break the mold a little bit, get fans excited, get our listeners excited about uh, independent league baseball. Exactly. Plus, as you saw with this week, it's a, it was a bit of a short week. We were at a half hour when we started the, uh, the rapid fire bit and it's, it just feels like it's a little bit cheap there if you wind up at 40 minutes now it's you know i don't we want to keep going we want exactly. to really uh, push through and put it out as best content as we can exactly so i think we'll put up a poll between uh those three that we listed the redo the disposal draft the build the wpba and the uh the super league one i'll even throw the creative team up there so that way we could do two separate polls and then the top two from there we'll pick and then uh yeah, we'll put it up there, and by next week's show, we'll have a decision. We will schedule it out, and then we will put it onto the docket to be done probably around the second or, no, not second week, uh, probably third or fourth week of February, so it'll be towards the end of the month. Sounds good. I think good. that's the way to go. All right, so that'll be the plan there. I think we can move to plugs now and kind of get on out. You can watch the video we just put up on our YouTube channel, uh, Indie Ball Report podcast on youtube or on the website indie ball report follow us on twitter at indie ball pod or on instagram at indie ball report you can follow individual co-hosts at indie ball report james and if you don't feel like you've gotten enough content there well we don't really have much else for you but the articles are on the website too so you could read those those aren't bad either and there's a new one coming about a trend of atlantic league players leaving for other leagues is it a serious trend is it abnormal and how much do the rules have to play into that decision so look out for that towards the end of the month look out for the polls we'll be putting up on social media to determine what will come towards the end of the month for a kind of change of pace episode there and so with that do we have anything else left to add uh, probably the only thing left is like i said follow indie ball report james and if you want to dm me about any questions comments or concerns you might have please let me know with that said nothing else left to add don't forget to play ball <laughs> <laughs>